Hello, my name is Sierra. And I'm Mina. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to The Third Eye Sears. Today, our topic is going to be another one about food, specifically in America. And we're going to be talking about how food is poison. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into different topics like fast food, processed food, and then really break down some things with sugar, salt, etc. Um, but yes. first, we kind of wanted to... Um, well, if you want to talk about it, because it was really feedback that you received um, yes. from a, a medical worker. Yes. So um, we Uber on the side, and I had a Uber rider who I was sharing the podcast with, and she was a medical worker. Um, she was a doctor, and in our last episode, I spoke a little bit of how doctors have little to no nutrition, uh, like education, like education on... And just all the depth of all of that. And I just want to apologize because that's not me trying to come off as doctors don't do enough because they do so much constantly every single day, especially with COVID. And yeah, they're just doing like such great things. And I don't want to come off as being ignorant or, you know, not taking in consideration of what doctors are going <laughs> through and how they feel. Um, so yeah, so to any doctors or medical, uh, healthcare professionals, yes. we thank just want you. to apologize, um, if we said anything that might've been out of order and thank you for all of the work that you do, because I can tell you for sure right now, I could not be doing the job that you're doing. No. And I don't mean that at all in a demeaning way. Just very much like <sighs> that is beyond me. That is beyond what I am capable of. And it's just an amazing way to, yes contribute your life to this earth honestly yes and um a special thank you to that person for opening up my mind and putting in that perspective right because we also want to make this podcast very much about open communication open conversation and just really self-awareness and you know taking responsibility for what it is that we said and taking responsibility for learning from any mistakes that we may make while doing this yes especially because we can only do episodes for so long as well so there's only so much that we can cover and I think it's just a really great way also for like the education within this podcast to be a cycle and not just us speaking facts to you so to jumpstart this episode uh Sierra can you tell me what the average American diet looks like Yes, absolutely. I feel like a newscaster, and I'm like, yes, I can. Here are the facts. <laughs> Tell me you're an actor without telling me. You're an actor. <laughs> like your automatic response is, let me not be myself. Let me not be. My- let me create a let character. Me- <laughs> That's my life. Um, so the average American diet looks a lot like this. Sixty-three percent of our foods on a daily basis is processed foods sugars, fats, and oils, and refined grains. Think more pasta and bread. 25% of our foods is animal foods. Think meat, dairy, eggs. 12% is plant foods. And of that 12%, 6% is potato or starches. Which like, you know we love our potatoes, girl. They're so good, but they don't have the most nutrients like grains do that your body needs and yeah we only get six percent of greens in our diets yeah or just fresh vegetables and well and that's not even just fresh vegetables 
those are vegetables in general, like canned, frozen, fresh. Yeah. However, yeah, that's insane. I know you did say this in our last episode, but I thought it was a great way to start this episode off just because I feel like it's really important to reiterate how the average American is faltering so much and how we really think that a lot of these diseases are genetic diseases. You know, the chronic ones that we have a tendency to have, they're all genetic. But in reality, what we're passing down are these habits and these eating habits specifically. And those are, that's why we end up having the same diseases because we have similar genetic makeup as our parents do and as our relatives do in general. And then when you add that with the same diet, then you're going to experience the same symptoms yeah and I just think it's really crazy that you know our diet should really be like 60% vegetables probably and in reality it's a tenth of that which is absolutely insane so really getting into this we're going to start with fast foods just because I feel like fast foods are kind of an epidemic in this country I'm not gonna lie why do people turn to fast foods obviously convenience price different things like that. Um, but mainly it's convenience. That's the main reason people do it. And, um, unfortunately it's just so impactful on our body and in such a harmful way. And we become addicted to it, not just that, but the convenience of it. Like we don't have to do any work. We don't have to, you know, like we literally just go through a drive-through, especially during the pandemic too. Because that was our only way that we could get out of the house is going through a drive-through or going for a walk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just wanted to add that um, <clears throat> it also creates a loss of a relationship with the food. You know what I mean? When I feel when you get foods from the grocery store and then you cook them and you can cook them with your relatives or your partner or whoever, it creates this bond with you and these foods. Mm-hmm. And so when you're just you know, getting them in a hurry and then not even being conscious of when you're eating, you're just driving and eating. Mm -hmm. You've lost that relationship. Exactly. And you've built, and it's not that you've lost that relationship. You've created another relationship with food. It's just not a connected one and it's not a conscious one. And that's the issue. Yeah. And it's unhealthy because it's unconscious. And even if you are conscious about the fact of how much fast food you're eating, it is highly addictive. I mean, I still struggle and, you know, I mean, I had fast food last week, too. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but again, it's also about balance. Like, eating fast food isn't going to kill you. It's just about how much you eat. You can't be eating it for every meal. You can't be eating it every day, even. Because if you're not eating enough whole foods to combat and push out all of the stuff that fast food is putting into your body, then all that do all that's doing is poisoning you and killing you like yes we are all dying but you're speeding up the process when you're eating too much of it and eating it in excess so i'm going to spout off some facts i hope it doesn't get monotonous but i feel like it's important to note just how much we eat fast food so per day around 40 percent roughly 85 million adults eat fast food Um, the average American spends 10% of their yearly income on fast food. 10%. Like, that's a large amount. That's a large amount. Like, if somebody is making $40,000 a year, they're spending $4,000 on fast food a year. That's a lot of money. Um, 30... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I have a question. Yes. And I wonder if some... Uh, viewers or or listeners are having the same question. This fast food is this just 
McDonald's, Burger King, <clears throat> or is this of like Chipotle and so Chipotle is considered restaurants. a So Chipotle is considered a part of it. Okay. Um but when we're talking about like Chipotle is considered a part of it, but if you consider the percentage of sales that are done at Chipotle compared to other fast foods like Wendy's, Taco Bell, McDonald's, it's a lot smaller. So it's not making okay. that big of an impact on. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot more people are going to McDonald's per day than they're going to Chipotle at the end of the day. And a lot, and it's not just those either. It's Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, Krispy Kreme. Um, it's all of those as well okay. that are okay. included in it. Even things like Jamba Juice, Tropical Smoothie. Wow. Because those are considered fast foods as well. <clears throat> which we'll get into like Jamba Juice and stuff like that in our next episode about sugar. Yes. But moving on. Um, 30% of all fast food revenue in the entire world comes from the U.S., so over a third of all fast food bought in the entire world with hundreds of countries, a third of it is solely from the U.S. The average adult eats 836 calories per fast food meal. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and that's almost half of your recommended daily calorie intake. A third of Americans, um, adults and children are eating fast food on any given day. 83% of American families eat fast food at least one time a week. And that's families. That's not, like, person or, you know, right. that's families. <clears throat> this is, like, the KFC bucket with the mac right. and cheese. Well, and, and also, during the pandemic, they started doing all, like, every fast food restaurant now has, like, a family meal that you can take home. They don't have, like, Popeyes or stuff around here, but, like, Popeyes, Miss, Church's Chicken, Mrs. Wieners, all that stuff, too. Girl. But that fried chicken... <laughs> Uh, churches is the best you can find me on it <laughs> anyways <laughs> not that i'm supposed to be uh endorsing um, fast food here because that's that's literally the opposite of the point of this episode but um but that just goes to show that everyone has their own journey with food and that we're all just the same we all it's all addictive to everyone yeah you know what i mean well, no matter what I and at the end of the day, too, like, I grew up eating these foods. These are comfort foods. And while I'm working on not eating emotionally, it is still nice to have those comfort foods to go back to every now and again. Because, again, it's about balance. I'm never going to stop eating fried chicken. Okay? <laughs> I grew up in North Carolina. <laughs> like, You have to say it. I grew up in North Carolina. I grew up in North Carolina. Okay. And <laughs> I ain't never going to stop eating that fried chicken. <laughs> No, but um, but I really won't. <laughs> it's just about, again, eating it in moderation. But anyways. That's my love for pizza, so I understand. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit the impact that eating fast food has on you. So regular consumption of fast food increases your risk for obesity, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and depression, and cancer. Eating fast food two times a week doubles your likelihood of type 2 diabetes. So just eating it two times a week, which is like... Real easy to do. That's very easy. Real easy to two do. Two times a week? Just two times a week. That's crazy. Doubles your your likelihood of type 2 diabetes. Yeah, girl. Isn't that scary? That's very scary. <laughs> I'm, I'm big like, on the sugar, Ooh. too. And, like, I'm a little bit heavier, so I always, like, I always get nervous that, like... Yeah. Like, that really makes me just nervous for, like, like, my family who eat, like 
fast food every day. Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Just living near a fast food joint ups your risk of obesity by 5.2%. Just living near it. Because, again, the main reason people choose fast food is convenience. And so if it's right there, there's more of a chance you're going to eat it more often. Even if it's not that often, it's more often, which, again, increases it by just 5.2%. But regular consumption increases your risk of depression by 51%. Jesus. Yes. Because you're getting them high highs and them low lows and you feel like fucking shit afterwards. Jeez. Yeah, dude. Do you have anything about fast foods or processed foods <sighs> that you want to get into? Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys heard the papers turning, but I was trying to find. I just want to side notes. Uh, Mina's notes are like perfect. Like <laughs> it really shows how she was in high school. Straight A. Everything's like put together and then here is me and I'm just like everything's all from the very top of the page to the very bottom there's filled with things and then it's just like yeah there's like scribbles everywhere scribbles and like her handwriting doesn't even stay on the line arrows (laughs) it's confusing so you make it seem like I put so much effort into it but I don't put that much effort into it I'm just organized that's all it is. It's just organization. I'm organized in everything else in my life. Um, okay, so I'm going to go to a more scientific Ooh. part of it. Science! <laughs> and I'm sorry if I mess up on these words. I'm not a doctor or a scientist or anything any, or anyone in the medical field, so... Yeah, I'm probably going to butcher these. Just to be straight, we're both pretty regular people. So, like, <laughs> when it comes to these, the names of these proteins and enzymes and cells and stuff like that, neither of us are really going to get them right. So, lining all of our blood vessels are something called endothelial cells, which are crucial for survival, for they naturally produce nitric oxide, which keeps blood moving smoothly without clotting up and also helps to dilate blood cells that help with physical activity and inhibits the formation of plaque and eliminates inflammation caused by plaque buildup. That was a a long sentence. (laughs) From all of that, you know, the main thing to get from that is that these cells are crucial for our bodies to regenerate and to keep ourselves healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So scientists tests have shown that when we eat more processed foods and processed meats, our endothelial cells are damaged and can can no longer support healthy flow of blood, which can cause clogged arteries, diseases, cancers, and fogginess or sleepiness of the mind. What's really awesome, though, is that scientists have found that no matter who or what illness they have, if they change to a more plant-based diet, the endothelial cells begin to regenerate and to heal. Which is so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, you just have to make that switch. And really, the thing is, like, it's about balance and ratio. Just making sure that you're getting more whole foods than you're getting fast food. I'm not saying cut out fast food. I'm not saying cut out processed meats. I'm not saying cut out all of this stuff. I'm saying eat it in moderation. Like, you can still have what you want, just in moderation. And that way, your body can recover and heal from all the stuff that you're putting into it. You know what I mean? And just being conscious about the fact that you are damaging your body when you eat these foods. So when you talk about like processed meats and stuff like that, what mm-hmm. exactly do you mean? So meats are into four different categories. There's processed, red, white, and organic. 
So processed meat is the worst type, obviously. Taking the scraps and fat and mixing it with preservatives and chemicals. That's what processed meat is. Think pepperoni, hot dogs, which is really a shame because I love pepperoni pizza. Girl, and I love and I'm like, hot dog. Oh, I don't, I can never like look at pepperoni the same. No. So, I mean, it's also bacon as well. You know what I mean? Like the World Health Organization and International Research on Cancer have both declared that these types of meats are carthenogens which cause cancer this is based on 800 studies from 2015 so i'm going to go into the other parts of the meat red meat is mostly known by dairy cows and bulls also come from pigs lambs and other meats or other animals that usually a lot of people especially in america don't regularly eat i wonder what those animals are i have no idea do you think they're like these all sound like four-legged animals so i'm like yeah I don't know why my, my automatic thought was emu. I don't think that's a thing. No. Like kangaroo meat? What about like mountain lion? Venison? Is mm. venison red meat? <gasps> yeah, it is. Them four-legged animals. Mountain lion? I hope no one's <laughs> eating mountain lion, girl. Aren't you those things know. like endangered? <laughs> Yikes. I have no idea. Uh, I'll look that up. Red meats are known to be beneficial to us but have high levels of saturated fats. I'll get into a little bit more of what saturated fats are. So white meats like chicken, turkey, and some fish are going to be more healthier than the red meat simply because they have less fat. And last but not least is our organic meats. And these are animals that have not been fed growth hormone drugs and have been fed certified grass feed because most of the animals are fed grains just because it's very inexpensive mm-hmm. and but There's, it doesn't really provide all of the nutrients that the animal needs. Right. But it, like, keeps them full because there's a mass of animals, of product, you know what I mean, that they're having to produce. Well, and that's the thing is that they're looking at it, them as product, not as animals. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that, by the way, was Sierra honking her own <laughs> nose. <laughs> so... Even if a label says that they are organic, it's still important to do research and just to make sure of how these animals were being raised. Just because we've kind of talked about this in the last one, everything is an energy level. And if these animals were treated poorly, then, you know, when they die, they're going to be very low level, low energy kind of meat. Mm -hmm. And when you put that into your body, you're automatically putting yourself at a lower energy level. Mm Mm-hmm. But I did want to say that a study of 100 patients in 2006, I feel like my voice changed. God, I really am, like, <laughs> such an actor. I don't even, like, mean to be. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Let me go back. So, a study of 100 patients in 2006 found that people who majorly ate grilled skinless chicken were more prone to having bladder cancer. It was actually 52% an increase in chance, which is really crazy to me because growing up, I was always told, oh, you have grilled skinless chicken and some veggies. Right. But you have like a giant chicken breast and then like a a quarter cup of vegetables. And that's usually like, I don't know what your family was like, but my family was usually like green beans or corn, which are not very nutritious. And in the can. Yeah. I was also one of those kids that like refused to eat shit though. So like, I can't really be like, blame my parents because I was picky. I would only, the only other vegetables I would eat would be carrots or broccoli, and I had to eat them with ketchup. And it's like, yeah, uh, yikes. <laughs> Let me just pour some sugar on, 
all these veggies. But yeah, that's so crazy to me that growing up, that's what we were told. Like, that's a really well-balanced meal. And if you're especially looking to lose weight or something like, oh, here, just eat this every day. Right. And a lot of people, since they try to eat healthy, they'll eat chicken like a couple of times a day. White meat is also linked to clogged arteries, osteoporosis, and diabetes. Also, a study on eggs have been shown to cause an increase of strokes, heart disease, diabetes, and prostate cancer, which is really sad because I love eggs. I'm allergic, so (laughs) (laughs) no worries there. (laughs) Um, Last but not least, an increase in meat consumption has also been linked to foodborne illness, erectile dysfunction, and being immune to certain antibiotics and a shorter lifespan. Too much saturated fat from meat causes plaque buildup in your blood lining, which slows down the flow of blood in the body. Which is why you get that erectile dysfunction. So Eat your beets. Before <laughs> you guys start getting that Viagra, watch out for your meat consumption and yeah, mm-hmm. look for, you said beets? Beets. Yeah. that's It's considered nature's Viagra. There you go. And we look only there. talked about it in the last episode. Weren't you here? <laughs> <laughs> no. That was the other dimension series. Ah! Next week, we'll be talking about other dimensions. I'm just kidding. Commencing self-destruct. Please don't. (laughs) My dog's in here. Please don't. Okay. Carcinogens are created when meats are cooked, which studies have found creates a higher chance of cancer. So when you're cooking your meat, these carcinogens are created. And when you consume these meats, then those carcinogens carcinogens can create cancer cells is this only like if you like like if you cook it in healthy ways or if you like cook it in unhealthy ways i will do more research and i'll get back to you on that okay cool studies and nutritionists have declared people should eat no more than 50 grams a day of meat 500 grams a week so that's about three burgers a week is how much meat you should that's super wild yeah because i definitely could like cut down to i feel like i've been doing pretty good about my meat consumption to be fair i was vegetarian for like almost four years that's true and vegan for like six months before that so cutting meat out isn't too hard for at this point i've like gotten the the binge meat eating out that happens when you don't have things for a really long time (laughs) um yeah but i've gotten that out so it's not too hard for me i just have since i'm allergic to eggs i I don't do eggs in the morning i do bacon but i do turkey bacon because i can't do pork stuff messes me up i know i'm puerto rican okay guys don't come for me anyways (laughs) um so getting more into like the whole meat thing and just having mostly plant-based diets at the end of the day. It's good to know that mostly plant-based diets aid in preventing many diseases, one being colon cancer. So cancer is, I think the second, because heart disease is the first way that we die. I think the second is overdoses and I think the third is cancer. 
And um, colon cancer is the third most common cancer, and it's why we begin getting colonoscopies at around 50 years old. So a person who eats mostly meat or a high meat diet, especially red meat, create more fecal bile acids, which form into polyps in the colon. So basically what happens is these fecal bile acids, um, your liver isn't getting what it needs, or it's getting honestly too much red meat, so your liver and your kidneys can't push these fecal bile acids out with bowel movements. So it ends up building up in your intestines and then it forms into polyps in your colon. Mm -hmm. And so when you get a colonoscopy, they'll see polyps and polyps kind of almost look like little like navy beans or kidney beans that are against the lining of your colon. And those polyps themselves aren't super bad. You can still get rid of those. So while the polyps start out non-cancerous and non-harmful, they don't stay that way. The polyps become building blocks for cancer. So when you get colon, colon cancer cannot happen without those polyps, essentially. So as long as you aren't eating too much red meat and building up these fecal bile acids, then you're good to go. That's good to know because I can tear up some, some steak. Girl, don't all know it. (laughs) I don't know. So, moving into um, other parts of the diet, would you like to tell me a little bit more about sugar, salt, and fat? Ooh, what? I I cannot. (laughs) So, I'm going to start with a little bit of sugar. Mind y'all, the next episode is going to go even more in-depth of sugar and what it has done to our society and to our everyday lives and how we really need to... And our misconceptions with sugar. Yes, and we really need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So, studies have shown that the average person consumes about 80 to 150 grams of sugar a day. Now, to someone who doesn't know how much they should be having, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound too bad. No, that's like three to five times the amount you're supposed to eat in a day, right? The suggested consumption of sugar should be 25 to 36 grams a day. That's insane. So, yeah. Which, by the way, um, I went to go get a Reese's the other day, and I think I talked about this in the last episode, but I just looked at the sugar to remind myself why I just make them at home, and a a single thing of Reese's with two cups has um, 22 grams of sugar which is just about all of your sugar for the day. All of your sugar. And that's not even, like, you're getting sugar from literally everything that you everything. eat. Everything. You know what I mean? Not even, things that you didn't even expect had sugar in them, mm-hmm. has sugar. Mm-hmm. So, too much sugar in the diet has caused abdominal overweight, which is visceral fat. Again, we'll get way more into, sorry, well, we'll get way more into detail on that next episode. Too much sugar also causes cavities, high blood sugar, metabolic dysfunction, increased cholesterol, elevated triglycerides, liver failure, heart disease, so many things. Yeah. It's just bad. It's just, yeah, it's not good. It's no good. So when our bodies consume sugar on a daily basis, our brain creates opioid and dopamine levels, which is subsequently related to drugs. Yeah. People get more addicted to sugar than they do cocaine. Absolutely. Like, sugar is an insane drug, which I am fighting for my life (laughs) against. (laughs) And it's so funny because 
addiction runs in my family. You know what I mean? But I've always viewed addiction in the sense of drugs, alcohol, things like that. Things that turn you into a completely different person. You know what I mean? And sugar does the exact same thing. It turns you a completely different person. It turns you into more irritable, depressed, you know, self-conscious, insecure person, anxiety-driven person Mm -hmm. with mood swings and all of this stuff because you're eating all of this sugar and you don't even realize that it messes you up, man. But it's because you get those high highs and you shoot for that instant gratification. Never mind the fact that that shit tastes so good, but it's for a reason because it got all that sugar. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways, tell me more, Sierra. Tell me more. (laughs) So, speaking of uh, too much sugar causes stress, so does salt. Ooh. Let's get into it. Which, um, story time. In fifth grade, this is so bad thinking about it, but I've... We'll get more into, in this podcast, of our own traumas and everything, but in fifth grade, I was going through a lot, and I didn't want to eat, and I would just get... I would get packets of salt and I would just eat the packets of salt by itself. And it really hurts. Like just to say it that I like did that to myself. That's rough. Girl. See, um, that's rough. I'll tell, I'll share a story as well, but mine is more, I've always been a sugar gal. (laughs) I've been addicted to sugar from day one. My mother told me, um, that when she was pregnant with me, she would get fast food, but literally only so she could eat the ketchup because that's all she would crave when she was pregnant with me. Yes. Like I have been wanting sugar from in the womb. Um, but anyways, uh, there was this one time where it was in elementary school and I've always been a peanut butter chocolate person. And I remember, (laughs) yes, girl, (laughs) Reese's, literally the Reese's puffs. Ooh, 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 so good. Anyways, so I got, <laughs> I I came to school one day and I remember I had brought in my backpack. This was like the end of school. We had already taken our EOGs and we didn't, we weren't doing anything but watching movies, right? So we had to bring in our own little snacks. We would just snack or whatever, right? I brought in a little tub of peanut butter, some chocolate syrup and some pixie sticks. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) And I squirted the chocolate syrup and emptied the pixie sticks and took a spoon and mixed it all together and ate it, Sierra. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, girl. Like, I used to eat, like, two or three bowls of ice cream a day as a child. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. And, like, I have IBS now. (laughs) And now I am paying for it. <laughs> okay. My intestines are permanently messed up. <laughs> Anyways, moving. Yeah. The consequences of my actions. Exactly. Moving on. So we have salt water ratios within our bodies. When there is an increase in salt to the ratio, it causes high blood pressure, heart disease, strokes, and osteoporosis. Increase in salt has been shown to damage the lining of our blood cells, specifically those endothelial cells that I talked about. And an increase in salt can also damage or make a decrease of glomerular filtration, which causes, I'm sorry if I messed up that word, uh, but they <laughs> cause kidney disease or a kidney failure. Salt also causes cognitive disorders by causing a synthetic nervous system to overreact to stressful situations, causing high levels of stress to occur. So do you guys know that when people are like, oh, that person's being salty, 
the meaning actually comes from that person. The origin of it is, oh, that person has had too much salt. So their stress levels are higher than usual. So they're going to overreact more. Which is so Which wild. is actually a scientific fact. And we were just watching a Red Table talk where they were talking about foods and, you know, like how different foods affect you. And Jada Pinkett Smith literally said, like, I can't eat salt because it makes me angry. <laughs> and now we know, like, the scientific reason, reason. why. Mm-hmm. So I also just wanted to say 77% of salts in our day-to-day diets come from processed foods. So changing what we put into our body automatically changes our environment and our ecosystem. Yes. And it just does so much. It does. It does so much. I did have some stuff on fats. Let's do it. Could I say about that as well? I just said, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. So we're going to start off with the good fats. These are unsaturated fats. These come from nuts, avocados. I know from someone who doesn't like these things, they're like, that sounds fucking disgusting. Uh, Trust me, eating more whole foods, you're going to find so much more pleasure in these. And there's this thing called seasonings, y'all. Yeah. um, Yeah. For those of you out there who have never had avocado before, you don't just eat it. You don't just eat it plain. Trust. Please don't. And don't eat it crunchy either. You don't want it when it's hard. (laughs) You want to wait till it's soft, but before it's brown, which is hard to figure out. I know. Mm -hmm. And then you want to make sure that you season it. You put a little bit of pepper and like a, a dash of... Or if you're like us, you go and get you that everything bagel seasoning. And you put a little bit on it. and I'm With some garlic salt. I mean, garlic um, powder. Garlic powder? Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. You guys, changing the game. Yes. You. Like, And we literally like even put it on top of our vegetables. It's so good. I put that shit on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about those fats. <laughs> so... These unsaturated good fats are essential for the body, but saturated fats such as red meat, dairy, cheese, eggs are the number one leading cause to bad cholesterol and heart disease. Trans fats comes from oils that go through a food processing method called partial hydrogenation. I said that right. I had to make sure. Again, my writing is like 11-year-old boy. So (laughs) when oil is hydrogenated, it changes from a healthy fat to an unhealthy fat, which is called trans fat, which boosts levels of bad cholesterol. So you're going to think more of sweets, cookies, cakes, pies. And this also like if you like fry stuff too, probably, right? Yeah, for sure. Continue. Thanks. Most important thing about fats is to be aware on the nutrition label of how much of the fat is coming from saturated or trans. So really just making sure that those saturated and those trans fats are very low low to nothing mm-hmm. is what you're really looking for. Hell yeah. Is that all you got on fats? Yes. So moving on from um, that bit that you had about sugar, salt, and fat... Let's get into how whole foods can also not be for you, depending on your body type. So it's important to pay attention to what allergies and intolerances you have, especially because 20% of the world has a food or intolerance of some sort, and most of us don't even realize it. So yeah, just learn to listen to your body. If uncomfortability arises, um, make sure you question your food first and check for patterns and reoccurring symptoms and try cutting things out. You know, if you can, try getting an allergy or sensitivity test done. 
those are typically pretty expensive, so you might not be able to do that, but it's also just very important in general to be in tune with your body anyways and to listen to the problems that arise. Um, so I want to get into a little bit um, common allergies and intolerances and the symptoms and where you're going to find these things. So the first one I'm going to do is dairy or lactose, really, which two-thirds of the world are lactose intolerant. So if you think you're not lactose intolerant, but you still farting after you drink your coffee, you should probably uh, switch to oat milk. Oat or almond milk. Yes. Even though oat milk is better for... Oat milk is where it's at, though. It really is. It's just so creamy. The almond milk, I'm sorry, but it's a nut. I just don't see it being able to be as creamy as the oat milk. Agreed. And I drank almond milk for years. <laughs> Anyways, so... The symptoms that you'll experience if you're lactose intolerant um, are stomach pain, bloating, diarrhea, gas, nausea, um, all types of things like that. Um, cramping as well. It's just not fun, but it's all located in your stomach, which is good to know. Also, um, a common symptom of dairy and lactose intolerance is your sinuses, which a lot of people don't realize, but your sinuses become more clogged. Like I, I can tell because I am lactose intolerant. Like if I have like milk chocolate or something like that, my, I'll, my nose will get clogged up and it'll start running. So moving on to the next one, which is gluten, which comes in things like wheat, barley, and rye, which like beer, by the way, it has gluten in it. You know, pizzas, breads, I mean, pastas. Pasta. Literally. I'm Puerto Rican, so I shouldn't pretend to be. Italian. Italian. <laughs> um, but yeah, literally there's so much stuff that has gluten in it. Oreos. I mean, anything, it, pretty much anything that has any type of bread or cracker or cookie, it's going to have gluten in it. And a lot of people have gluten intolerances. So a lot of the symptoms for gluten intolerances are going to be pretty similar to dairy. Um, so you're going to have the bloating, the stomach pain, the diarrhea, the gas. Um, but you're also going to have things like constipation, headaches, fatigue, joint pain, rashes, depression and anxiety, and anemia, which is so interesting because Sierra has always struggled with anemia, and she also knows that she struggles with gluten in, in your body, and never did we ever know that the two could be connected. I, I really do feel that when days when I don't have... A lot of gluten. My body's actually, like, somewhat. Do you eat a lot of gluten, typically? I don't feel like you do. Not now, no. I feel like I've definitely cut down. Well, moving on. To avoid common gluten foods, you want to avoid bread, pasta, cereals, beer, baked goods, crackers, and sauces like dressings, gravies, and soy sauce. What? I love all of those things. Yeah, you just don't want to get, like, like if you want dress... You usually pick, like, a vinaigrette with dressings. Those yeah. aren't really going to have gluten in them. Oh, cool, cool, Gravies, they do use a thickener. Yeah. I don't really use gravy. And then with soy sauce... Actually, a really great substitution for soy sauce is liquid aminos because it, I don't know exactly what it is. I didn't research it for this topic. I'm not going to lie, but yes. I've used it in the past and it honestly tastes just like soy sauce, but it has actual nutritional value and it's okay. not as loaded with salt as soy sauces. Yeah, but I'm not going to, I don't know if liquid aminos is gluten-free. <laughs> I'm going to put that out there. 
but it's also good to keep in mind with like all these things you're trying to avoid like luckily gluten-free is a fad so there's plenty of options you know there's cauliflower pizza crusts and gluten-free pastas and you know all types of stuff like that so you ain't got to work too hard (laughs) if you're trying to get rid of gluten you know it's just about again changing your your taste buds to suit what it is that you can eat so you feel better with what you're eating every day for the third intolerance that I'm going to bring up is one that many of us start our day with, which is caffeine. So a lot of people have caffeine intolerances and don't realize it. Caffeine intolerance typically represent as a rapid heartbeat, anxiety, jitters, insomnia, nervousness, and restlessness. I personally don't experience any of those symptoms. I also don't I was going to say when I drink coffee, I don't drink a lot. But if I'm being fully honest, typically if I sit down to drink a cup of coffee, it has at least three shots of espresso in it. Yeah. So, but I don't feel it. For me, my anxiousness subsides with like a good amount. That's like the perfect amount of coffee for me is three shots of espresso, nothing more, nothing less. But yeah, it's like for, cause caffeine isn't just in coffee. So, so many people out there are drinking things like five hour energy drinks, Red Bulls, Monsters, all these other types of energy drinks and things like that. Even things like before, like pre-workout and stuff like that. Like you just really have to be careful about what your body experiences when you are taking that caffeine because if you are having anxiety and rapid heartbeat and things like that that's not good like that's big bad for your body not just like gluten bad like that's big bad like you don't want to have a heart attack at 30 you know what I mean so like just be careful with that please and the last one I'm gonna cover is fructose which is a simple sugar found in fruits, vegetables, and sweeteners like honey, agave, and high fructose corn syrup. So the symptoms, I think I have this, I'm not going to lie. But mainly, I, I think my issue is more with processed sugars, if I'm being fully honest. But acid reflux, gas, diarrhea, nausea, stomach pain, vomiting, and bloating are all um, symptoms of like a fructose intolerance. And if you want to avoid those symptoms, if you have this intolerance, you're going to want to avoid foods like honey, agave nectar, soda, apples and apple juice and apple cider, foods with high fructose corn syrup, fruits like watermelon, cherries and pears, and then veggies like sugar snap peas. Cause all of these are going to have levels of fructose that are going to mess you up but at the end of the day it's all just about learning what works best for your body absolutely and even if you don't necessarily have an intolerance that doesn't mean like I have acid reflux you know what I mean so technically speaking I have an intolerance to like anything acidic like today me and Sierra went to the grocery store she got herself a couple of grapefruits that she could eat in the morning and there's literally no way (laughs) I could start my day off with a grapefruit because then I would literally be popping Tums for the rest of the day because I would have acid reflux like crazy. And it's just, so it's just about learning what's best for your body. You know, I'm not going to, grapefruits are great for you. They have a lot of antioxidants and all types vitamin C and stuff. Like you can get all types of stuff from grapefruit and it's a wonderful fruit. It's just not going to work well for me because I'm going to be in pain and I'm going to tear up the inner lining of my esophagus with acid. And I don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why it's so important to just go on your own journey and find little by little what your body best responds to Mm -hmm. rather than looking up these fad diets that could actually be harming your body more than helping it. 
Right, 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 right. Exactly. Well, and, and not only could these diets themselves be harming you more than helping you, it's also not necessarily building the right relationship with food that you should be building, you know? Like, if it helps you get there, then it helps you get there, and that's great. And if the fad diet is healthy and it works for you, then that's awesome, too. Like, you didn't have to work too hard. You found something that works for you, and you can be consistent with it. But for most people, it doesn't really work like that. Most people do fad diets so they can lose weight quickly, Mm -hmm. and then they're back to their old habits. And in reality, what you need to do is realize that this is a lifetime change, that regardless of what your short-term goal is, you need to realize that, like, for example, I gained some weight because I gave in to a lot of my impulses because I was going through grief and we were all in quarantine. And I chose to spend my quarantine time eating food rather than getting healthy and working out like a lot of people were, which I'm not going to shame myself over that. I was going through what I had to go through, but now I'm having to repair the damage that I did to myself. Also to say that we are not perfect beings. We are all flawed. And you're not going to have a healthy meal every single day of your life. That sounds outrageous. Mm -hmm. Give in to some indulgences, but be disciplined and learn what true balance is. Mm -hmm. And listen to your body of when you do have these indulgences, how your body reacts. And if you keep doing that to an unhealthy limit you're going to feel like that all the time. Exactly. And I feel like one of the biggest things that's helped me too is realize that for my life to be healthy and balanced and for me to be happier, it's about achieving balance and not achieving happiness, if that makes any sense. And so for me, I just have to make sure that like, I'm like, is this, because it's again with the whole being proactive or reactive or you know, just being conscious of every decision that you're making. My No, it's okay. Um, I just have to make sure that I'm choosing something that isn't just for instant gratification, just to make me happy now, and then I'm going to feel shit about it as soon as I'm done eating it. Because there are literally times where, like, I've, like, been door dashing, gone through McDonald's, picked up an order and got myself a burger, ate that burger, and then I finally stopped and thought about what I was doing after I got done eating it and realized... I wasn't even hungry. I completely regretted eating it. And I feel like absolute shit now. Even though it was delicious while I was eating it. Right. It was absolutely delicious while I was eating it. Yeah. Immediately after I was done, though, I felt like shit. Yeah. Um, to go into more of a spiritual perspective, how do you think your overall, like, being in your spirit feels when you eat uh, these, especially processed foods? Um... When I eat processed foods, I definitely feel foggier because I definitely feel like when I eat better foods, see for me too, because I I feel like, and I feel like this is probably what a lot of people feel like, so I should probably just say it, but when you're eating, when you're so used to eating fast food all the time, you don't really take into account everything that you're experiencing because you're so used to it. It's just your everyday life. You don't think about it as, you know, like anything other than just how you are. And I feel like there was a lot of things that I felt like I couldn't achieve, not even physically, not even with my physical body, just mentally, things that I couldn't achieve and that I only had so much energy and so much time for things. And I had even set limits of things that I could do, couldn't do, you know, not even necessarily like big goals. I just mean like, 
like adding things to my weekly plate, you know, I felt like I couldn't do so many things because I didn't have the energy for it. When in reality, I was putting these foods into my body that my body is literally fighting, which is why I don't have the energy to do all of these things. So then when I started eating better foods, I realized I can start a podcast while co-writing some scripts and trying to get another script produced and trying to start a YouTube channel with skits and also creating in any way, shape, or form that I decide to that day on top of also having a full-time job in which I have to make my own bills and having a dog and having myself and trying to eat these meals. Like, it seems like a lot. I listed 10 things. It seems like a lot, but in reality, it's not. And it's it's because I have all of this energy now by feeding myself. And it's also like you said, when you go through and get that fast food, you lose that connection with your food. You're not preparing it for yourself in a loving way. And it's so funny how like, you know, people always say like, oh, the secret ingredient is love. But when you make it at home, your secret ingredient is love. And especially if you're making yourself a healthy meal, not only are you making this meal for yourself that's healthy but you're you're literally doing an act of love for yourself and your body and your spirit because your entire existence is going to be at a higher level and you're going to perform better simply because you took the time out of your day and the energy out to invest into yes this meal and to invest into yourself for that day yeah i can't wait to get into vibrations and energy Um, Just because that's, you're literally putting sort of like a spell of vibrations onto these foods. Mm -hmm. And then it's putting it back into you. Yes. And that's just crazy to think. It Um, really is. I do want to say that we cannot come to a spiritual ascension if we are all sick. So if, and that's meaning if we're all eating processed foods and high quantities of salt and sugar and fats Mm -hmm. and just being very lazy. How are we going to evolve as human beings in total? Mm-hmm. What does that look like for humanity? It- exactly. Well, and and we all talk about how, well, I don't know who all talks about it, but I do. Just how fast foods are, fast food companies should really like go extinct. And, you know, like you and I have had the conversations before about how a lot of businesses and, and, like companies really just need to collapse because they serve no purpose except harm. Honestly, the only thing that they provide that's good is people have a job, you know? Mm -hmm. And the only reason that we can't just let these fully collapse is because our economy would completely collapse. Yeah. And so what it's about is your, your dollar is a vote. You know what I mean? So it's also about making sure that you, if we're talking about this from a societal standpoint, you know, if that's what we're considering here, then you really shouldn't be buying fast food because you're voting for these companies to stay open. And when, you know, it's like, it shows like, like we call like going dairy free a fad, going gluten free a fad, when in reality it's not a fad, it's people just acknowledging what's going on with their bodies and deciding to change accordingly. And because so many people realized this and jumped on that train, whether it was a fad or not, we now have dairy-free options pretty much everywhere you go, especially any grocery store is going to have some sort, some form of, blah, blah, some form of dairy-free milk um, and all types of dairy-free options, if we're being fully honest here. I've gone into 
and Aldi's and seen vegan cheese. Same with Food Lion, you know, Walmart even. I've seen so many options, so many gluten-free options, so many, you know, healthier choices that are being brought to the table. And it's just about us saying, hey, this is what we would prefer, you know, even if like it's hard for you to detach yourself from the situation, just like as a society, that's what we need is to build up companies that already exist. There are companies that already exist that are trying to create our food habits better um, or make our food habits better, but just investing our money into them as, instead. Yes, um, I absolutely agree. I think on a more personal level, before we could ever reach to that level of putting these kind of companies out of business is, in hindsight, that's going to take a very long time. Yeah. And we more have to think of our personal selves of these options, these unhealthier options are going to be in our lives, at least the people who are living right now, Mm -hmm. until we die. Oh, a thousand percent. So we just have to be more conscious of, like you said, what we're buying more than because someone could just say, oh, well, if there weren't any fast food places, like you said, then I just wouldn't go. And that's not the point. The point is to open your mind and to really be conscious. And assume responsibility for your part in society. Yes. Because at the end of the day, whether you feel like you're a part of the society or not, you're a part of the society. You are out here getting money and spending money within this economy. You have friends within this society. You are out here driving to different restaurants and doing different things, going to bars, whatever it may be. Like, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are part of this society. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just like assuming responsibility for what it is that you put, you contribute to the society because whether you think about it that way or not when you're spending money at those fast food places you are contributing to your society in a bad way yeah yeah and we all want to change the world but before we can change the world we have to change ourselves and we can't change the world but we can change ourselves well and you say this all the time you know think globally act locally absolutely yeah it's just about your everyday life yeah and it's and it's always and that's with literally everything. It's just everything. it's just every step that you take, every decision you make is what changes your life and the world around you. Yes. At the end of the day. Whew. And, uh, yeah. I feel like that was a lot. I hope you guys could stay with us with all of that. We put in so much information and I hope you guys really opened your third eyes and your mind to just being more conscious when you're eating. And really wanted to take care of yourself because we should love ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's no room for shame. No. There's no room for shame or self-hate. We don't want that here. Nope. And the like, more we love that ourselves. That is not welcome at the table in our head. Oh. <laughs> no, it is not welcome. No. And the more we love ourselves, the better our lives get, the more we're able to love others around us Mm -hmm. so yes spread the love within yourself and with the outer world (laughs) i'm gonna leave that in by the way i hope you know that (laughs) okay cool um (laughs) thank you guys for listening yes thank you so much for listening um also if you want to follow us on instagram you can follow us at third eye seers podcast we post every time we have a new episode and we would love it if you guys would form discussions in the comments that would be really really cool that'd be cool um i mean if you don't want to that's fine but it would be cool um 
yeah, I can't say much because I would be like, yeah, that'd be cool. That's just not going to be me. <laughs> Sierra's not the social media person. Um, <laughs> anyways, so if you want to follow us on Instagram, feel free. Um, and please keep an eye out for our motivational mini coming out later this week as well. Um, and I believe that's it. Thank you so much for listening and you will hear from us soon. Woo woo.